The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. Joined today for a rankings party by two super friends. The two, the other two super friends. Keep forgetting Sean Wagner McGuff. Remember that guy? Who? What? Who? Who? Ryan Wilson and John Breach, along with the purveyor of the power rankings, the penultimate person. I don't know. I was trying to go with the P thing, like, yeah, before you cross... I don't know. You feel like you're the last, the, the second to last boss before you get to uh, whatever that, the, the river that you cross. In, what the in, hell are you talking about? Hell. I was talking about hell, actually. I was talking about hell. You're like, you're like the guardian of the river hell. Pete Prisco, what's up, buddy? I, I'm in hell. I'm the devil. <laughs> Never forget that. <laughs> I am actually, the devil. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to make a I'm in hell because I'm on this podcast joke, but whatever works. For, no, this is fun. I keep you all yeah. in line one day a week. I make sure that you don't get caught up in three-week hoopla like everybody else in the NFL mm, does. Interesting. The River Sticks. Thank you, Seven Stan. That's what I was looking for. Pete stands in front of the River Sticks. He's the penultimate guardian of the River Sticks before you cross to see Beelzebub. Anywho, that's some old Greek mythology for you, Pete. I'm sure that you forgotten about that since the last time you were there at the river sticks if you're waiting on youtube if you're watching on youtube make sure to hit the like button to subscribe while you're at it listening to any of the various podcast platforms hit us with a five star review go back in the feed one episode you got katie mox myself emory hunt and prop stars looking at early odds for week four a tricky week week four we got some good info though some trends some uh, leans that you want to check out today we're going to cover the afc south wild week run through pete's Post week three power rankings, and then talk about some coaches on the hot seat with a special guest. But first, Pete, do you know that this is like the ultimate Pete game? Jaguars, Falcons in London. It's your favorite city on the, on planet Earth. Your two yeah. favorite teams. You love London. I know you love London. Isn't that where the River Sticks is? Too? I've never, I've never been, and I have no desire to go. Have you ever left America? Yeah, I go to the Caribbean all the time. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, okay. Pete is anti-London. Why wouldn't you want to go to London? They have Big Ben, the Tower no. Bridge, Pete all the history. A, Pete still holds a grudge from 1776. No, I, I just have no <laughs> desire to. I have no desire to go there. When I go to Europe, I go to Italy, and then uh, I want to go. To, I want to go to Greece. I wouldn't mind going to uh, a couple other places, but I don't want to go to England. Did you know, Pete? Now I know. Look, London. Jaguars, Falcons, those are like two of your longtime like homeristic favorite teams. My collar's inside out. Um, did you know that this game will be broadcast on ESPN Plus exclusively? And yes, then at the same okay. time, you can also watch on Disney Plus a live Toy Story version of the game. How excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10 for that? Uh, I won't be watching the Toy Story one. <laughs> okay. And you know what? Even when I was a kid, I wouldn't have watched the Toy Story one. They wouldn't. My, no, I would have watched the Pete, actual tell us. Give us a 15-second pitch on your uh, children's book idea with Chip. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going into Chip. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. How about instead you ran? I can tell you this though. I can tell you this though, Ryan. Chip ain't watching the Toy Story version of it. No, he ain't. <laughs> you don't want to hear about Pete's children book. Instead, what we don't want to hear, Pete, is your ranking of your top three Toy Story characters. Buzz Lightyear is he one? I, ding, I ding, ding. Like, yeah. That's one. You know this. I, you know you. I, you're a huge no, fan. I, Go I, ahead. If you, uh, is what's his what's his what's his i have no idea i don't have kids i don't know why the hell would i know what is what is what is buzz lightyear's tagline what is his like signature phrase i have no idea to in am i supposed to am i as a as a 62 year old man who has no children why in the hell would i know anything about toy story if you'd ever been to london you would know all these answers pete that's the that's, that's the true key and by the way as breach can attest if you have cats you're always showing cats toy story so you would just get it that's by true. osmosis what do you think yeah. about what do you think about slinky dog i have no idea what that is don't care, <laughs> don't care. um okay uh when, wilson when I was, if i was a kid at nine i wouldn't watch it I don't think I watched Toy Story four in like the theaters with Robbie, and I mean I got a little choked up. It's pretty. See, it's pretty. You watched Toy Story when I was a kid. I, I probably would have preferred to watch Saw one, two, three, and four to learn how to be a serial killer. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's not kidding. <laughs> that's, that's, that's he is not kidding. Breach. If Breach, anyone knows about serial killing and being serious that's, about it, John Breach. That sounds like the starter pack. <laughs> That's and believe me, I've, re I've read every book on every single serial killer Stu, out there. Stu, rightfully skeptical about Pete claiming he's 62. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, Pete, would you, uh, Wilson, uh, Breach, you guys have power rankings Stu, for- uh, look older than 62? Bring it on, buddy. There it is. <laughs> oh, there it is. I, think I think you have to go to London to fight Stu. I'm pretty sure he does not live in- I'm not uh, going to London. I don't care. I'm not going to London. I don't, I, a, I don't like fish and chips, so I'm not going. Oh, not a requirement to go to London. Uh, Wilson or Breach, do you have any uh, power rankings of uh, Toy Story characters you'd like to give out? Breach, you're probably closer to this than me. I have my kids are older, so I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, the the old standard. I, I like Woody. I like Tom Hanks. But what do you what do you have? Uh, I think Watto Bear was the best villain. I like Ken and Barbie. They're pretty funny. Oh, uh, yeah. They're in the Toy Story movies. Uh, and I, Buzz Lightyear is a classic, so I'll go with him too. I'm a big Slinky Dog fan. Not surprised. Slinky Dinky Doo. Um, there's right, a cool, there's a cool Slinky, there's a cool uh, Slinky Dog ride at uh, at Disney World or Disneyland I mean, World. You guys want to get all over me for something else? I've never seen a Star Wars movie, so you got that. What? For you. Oh my God! Next week we're ranking Star Wars characters. <laughs> I do know some of those characters. I just never watched, sat down and watched the movies. Pete, uh, for lunch today I had. Um, the uh, uh, Disney World is the one in Florida, I believe. That's where the Toy Story Disney. stuff is. That's where I've, I've been to that one. I've never been to Dis Disneyland is California. I think I've never been to that one. Um, I've, dri I've driven by Disneyland. I've been to Disney World, and I would. You've never been to Disney, Disney World? World? Yeah, my wife likes it, so I, we go. <laughs> when we were kids, we went too. We, my parents took us. Was you're a big you're a big carnival guy, right? Like you love. Oh, the by the way, I actually rode. It's a small world. At the New York, at the World's Fair in New York in 1964, I think that's. And he I says rode. he's 62. You were 40 when you rode that ride. So <laughs> no, what, I was. Do the math there. Four. You were. You were pretty young then, according to the math. I was. I was four. I remember so, though. I remember you, it. Wait, wait. You were. Oh yeah, that's right. Your birthday's coming up soon, isn't it? World's Fair was right next to what has become what became where Shea Stadium was. You can still see mm. the globe there. The globe is still there. Yeah. <laughs> have you Have you read the um, Have you read the the serial killer book about the World's Fair? No, I the haven't. The Devil, Devil in the White City. It's really good. Um, yeah. It's like half fiction, half reality. It's 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 really uh, it's. Uh, uh, Devil in the White Have you read City. the one it's that not... was about the serial killer was drafted by the Green Bay Packers? <laughs> Who's that? Are Eric Larson, Randall, not the Randall, not the Wood, Randall Woodfield the third. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. You told the, you told me the story. Yeah, he's my buddy. He called me once on the phone. Oh, in Tulsa. that guy. Okay, yeah. nineteen seventy four yeah. NFL Draft four hundred twenty eighth overall pick. Nice. Um, Randall, yep. Otherwise known as the I five killer. I was going to tell you about my lunch, but I think we we've, we've done too much nonsense <laughs> off the top. Yeah, so. it's time to move on. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't know if Pete had seen the the uh, the viral feta egg uh, the feta egg uh, sandwich thing that you can do online. It's pretty cool on Instagram. What? Um, it's going big. It's great. You'd love it, Pete. Right up your alley. Feta. What was it? A you toss a bunch. You toss feta in a pan. You crack an egg over it, and then you uh, you put that onto a tortilla with some avocado. And the uh, the the egg the runny egg becomes the sauce. It's fantastic, very healthy, very Ugh. quick too. I did it over two years. Never, never eaten an egg in my life either. If you got that going for you, that's so. not true. 
That is true. 100% You've never true. eaten an egg in your in, life? Ever, well, okay. Let me say voluntarily eat an egg because when I was Wait, a kid, I think my mom forced you to eat an egg. That's even worse. He was held well, hostage. When I was a kid, when egg. I was a little kid, my mom tried to shove the egg into my mouth, and I didn't like it. So from there on out, I never ate it again. You've never you your mom tried to make you eat an egg when you were a young boy. Yep. And you have never eaten an egg since then. Since never. Like if it shows up, like somehow, some way, like some people put eggs in a potato salad. I might have tasted like the rubbery white part of it in a potato salad, but other than that, no, no so scrambled eggs, no salad, hard, but you won't no hard egg. boiled eggs, nothing. Nope. What about egg, egg salad? Ugh. Pete, <laughs> I'm going to give you the card of my therapist, uh, so you can talk all of this out. Because this this egg stuff, not seeing Star Wars, wanting to watch Saw two at the age of nine. Yeah, so you've been to flag. Disney. Just you've been to Disney World. You've been to Disney World more times than you've eaten eggs. Correct. That is something and that means, weird. That means that for me, that means I've been to hell more than I've eaten the eggs because I will never, I hate that place. Okay, that's moving along. Unfortunately, we're earned by Paramount, so I don't think we have to worry about that too much. Uh, if this were an ESPN show, we'd be completely screwed right now. But let's get through the toy talk and get into the real actual power rankings. And we start in your top five because frankly, Pete, you'd think anytime the Dolphins... Come out and hang a 70 burger, 70 points. You, you were the only person, you're the only person remotely alive on this podcast. Like I wasn't even, my parents were like 16 when this happened. Like my, my, my parents were 16. The last time somebody scored 70 points in an NFL game and you ranked the dolphins fourth behind the chiefs who have lost the game behind the Eagles who were fine and undefeated behind the 49ers. Uh, is this a bias, perhaps, because of a tweet from this past offseason? At Prisco CBS, Dolphins with healthy two are still fifth or sixth team in the conference and second best in the state to Jacksonville. Defend yourself, Prisco. It's three games. You guys are just like everybody else in this league. Three games, three games, three games. Am I, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the 49ers lose two of their first three last year, if I'm not mistaken? And then they rallied to get three games. That's well, all they, they got it's Brock three Purdy. Games. Brock, yeah, Joe Montana three Purdy. games, though. Okay, they scored 70. What if they scored 40? Would you still feel the same way? No. Uh, the game got out of hand. The Broncos quit. It was a hell of a performance. The Dolphins are playing great football. They're fast as hell. They're fun to watch. Two is the MVP right now. But it's three games. And if, you pl- if they played the Chiefs on a neutral site, who are you picking? What's the line? Pick him, the game to win the game. Pick it. Say, call pick him, just like Chief, you normally would. I'll take the Dolphins just for I'm picking the Dolphins right now. Yeah. Yeah, well. You I'm a feeling. 49ers and Dolphins. I'm taking the 49ers. Dolphins over anyone right now. I'm taking the Niners. I would take the Dolphins you're, over the Eagles, though. You're the overreaction king of all time, Ryan. I mean, guy go play the college quarterback, throws for 340 yards and, and three touchdowns, and you put him number one ahead of Caleb Williams. I mean, come on. What? You're the overreaction It happens every king. week. You put Bo Nix ahead of Caleb Williams? You got to listen to the podcast. Why would I listen to your podcast? You don't listen to mine, except you're, when you're on, and then you're not I'm even really listening. on the podcast and not listening to it. So you hey, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but the whole league, every fan and every media member overreacts to three games. And, and Pete, the Dolphins are fun. Let me ask you this, because Breach mentioned this on Sunday night. And Breach, you can actually mention it. What, what did Tua do in the last three games last year? The first three games last year? Oh, first three games, they went 3-0, and and the stats were identical. Completions, attempts, touchdown passes, interceptions, all the exact same this year right. as they were last year. So it's not and just then, a three-game sample. And then, well, then we were talking about how great he was, and he went to San Francisco for the three-game start of the three-game road trip, played poorly there, played terrible against the Chargers, and then Buffalo wasn't great either. So when you look at it, yeah, he's off to a great start, and he is the MVP right now. I have a vote. If I had to vote right now, I'd give it to Tua. Mm. Well, that's that to me is a concession that you were wrong initially, so I, I take your apology. It's a long season. What am I wrong about? I still take Justin Herbert over Tua. Does he have fire in the belly? Who knows? He's got a bunch of speedy merchants around him. Makes makes it easy speedy, on him. Did you say speedy the merchants? Biggest surprise, the, the biggest surprise. What are they the selling? Biggest, are they selling their wares in a marketplace? Like speed merchants. They? You know, they call them speed merchants. <laughs> Love it. The, the thing about the the spri- biggest surprise about the Miami Dolphins is how well the offensive line is playing. They're playing great. That's right. Yeah. And Teron was back this week, I believe, right? Yes, he was, and he yeah. played very well. And and Mike McDaniel's a, a genius when it comes to calling plays. And they have so much speed that it makes it easy to call plays. They yeah. scare the daylights out of people. So 
I mean, when you look at it, yeah, it's a great start. Watch out this week in Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a bad week for you next week, Pete, if things Dude. don't go the way you want them to. You have the bills. Right. You have the bills at five. I feel like Dolphins four, Bills five is kind of like you, sort of saying I'm picking the Bills to win and cover the three points. They're, they're favored by th- two and a half or three, whatever it is. I think they like, win. I think they win this week, and 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 I think Buffalo's defense has improved in large part because Sean McDermott's calling the defenses. Uh, they were too vanilla for so many years, and now he saw that, realized, hey, look, I got to get back to my roots a little bit, and they're much more aggressive. They get after, they had nine sacks last week. They get after the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did have nine sacks. There's no taking that away. But it, you talk about the, the Denver Broncos giving up. It looked like the Commanders had no idea they were playing football for much of that game. But no, yeah. they didn't. They played poorly too. But 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 still, nine sacks is nine yeah. sacks. That's it that's, that's right. It, it was against the team that was two and zero going into yeah. the week. Uh, the Dolphins beat on a team that everybody already thought was bad and was zero and two and gave up in the second quarter. Yep. All right, let's go elsewhere in the state of Florida. To the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that got as high as five at one point in yeah. these power rankings. Um, Preseason Super Bowl pick from the yeah. AFC. It is early, no. guys. Three weeks. The Jaguars are down to number twenty. Here's your, oh here's your, here's your, here's your, here's your uh, purple prose you put in your blurb. What was that against the Texans, or were they simply overrated by many, including me? They sure don't look like a playoff team. Down ten spots, one and two. Um, What's going on? Because I, you know, look, AFC South wide open now. Feel like any of those teams could win it. Even the, like even the Texans, even the Titans, and and they've looked real bad at point, points in time. Colts have looked pretty good. Jags have looked like trash. Is this simply a play calling problem, Pete? Well, it's not just a play calling problem, but the interior of the offensive line is bad right now. Particularly the left guard, he's terrible. Ben Barch is spinning top of all time right now, and you know they pay Brandon Sheriff a bunch of money, and he's not playing well, and so they're calling plays. For that reason, in in other words, a lot of you know horizontal stuff, nothing down the field, and Trevor Lawrence is sped up, and when he's sped up, he'll take a little slant pass when he can have a big shot down the field. The other thing is Ridley, two drops, one was a touchdown. Uh, here, here's another thing. Think about this: they had receivers jump off sides, false starts three times, twice by Ridley. Have you ever seen that before? Oh, they tell receivers, look at the ball. Look inside. And it's amazing to me. They're, so they're sloppy. And I think Doug Peterson called them out this week. He said they're reading their press clippings, probably the, what I wrote about them mostly. But um, <laughs> I think when you look at it, that's a problem. And then here's the other thing. The Texans had four backup offensive linemen starting on Sunday. You know how many sacks Jacksonville had? None. Zero. Trayvon Walker, the projection isn't working. He should be blown blown up to another 15, 20 pounds and put his hand on the ground uh, because he would be a much better player that way. He's not an elite edge rusher, and it doesn't help him that Hutchinson's one of the league Trent, leaders. Trent Bulky's beef with Jim Harbaugh coming back to bite the Jaguars in the ass right now because they would have taken Aiden Hutchinson if he didn't hate Jim Harbaugh. Well, and tiny no, arms. Because, but Trent, Trent likes to pick you know body types and projects and everything else and he can't help himself by picking a linebacker every two rounds in every draft it's ridiculous and and they thought those guys were going to grow up they thought Trayvon Walker would be take a step forward they thought Devin Lloyd would take a step forward uh they thought you know a bunch of other guys would improve and they haven't and so they're not good right now and you know what when he when he says that he's calling them out for that exact reason here's the other thing one last thing about the offense the Texans played zone the entire time those receivers ran into those into the man every single time instead of sitting down in the zone. That mm. creates problems, and, and so that tells me they're not putting the work in. So a couple things: is this just a function of the Jaguars for some inexplicable reason not being able to beat the Texans because they struggle against the Texans, or as Brentson mentioned, and Doug Peterson actually refuted the fact that he took over play calling from Press Taylor at halftime? Is this a situation where Press is overwhelmed? Doug needs to take over because it ain't like these are Matt Canada and Luke Getzey. These guys should know how to coordinate up an offense. Well, they also lost Jim Bob Cooter, remember? He left. And Jim Bob Cooter was the passing game coordinator. And, uh, and Jim Bob Cooter is supposedly a really good coach. So um, I think that's hurt them as well. You really want to say common, Jim Bob Cooter three times there, didn't you? Huh? It's a, it's a, it's an, uh, it's an, uh, a bunch of different reasons, but it's not very good right now. But having said all that, they play in a garbage division. So you get hot at the right time. You're going to win the division. They and lost to the worst team, team in that division by a ton. They got their asses whooped. Well, did you see Did you see the kickoff, the kickoff return by the fullback? I Andrew mean, how Beck. the hell? 
How the hell does that happen? I mean, first off, why are you mortar kicking it? And that's the first problem. Kick it out of the damn end zone and give him the ball to 25. I watched that play on tape. There wasn't a Jaguar player across the 30 by the time he was fielding it at the 10. I think so, that guy, Andrew Beck, ended up hitting 20 miles an hour, according to the next-gen stat. And Breach, actually, I wanted to ask you on something. I think he's like 20.874 or something like that. Why would you make that kick in that situation? What's the upside to doing that? None. There's like, <laughs> I, there's, I mean, I'm assuming they thought, hey, look, if an up back ends up with it, there's no way that guy's going to return it for a touchdown because your up backs aren't as fast as your deep return guys. So I think Jacksonville just outsmarted themselves. Mm. Right. Breach, you know, I, when you watch the tape, usually you want to try and pin them in. You put it up high and you try and pin them in. I watched it. He fielded it. If he had fielded it cleanly, it was on the 10. There wasn't a Jacksonville player across the 30 when he was fielding it. So let's just say, for the sake of the argument, they met at the 20 and he ended up at the 22. For the sake of, of three yards, you're risking that? Just kick the damn ball out of the end zone. It made no sense. But there yeah. were a lot of stupid coaching decisions this week. Who was it who uh, did the play-by-play in the locker room afterwards? He's like, and I was like, oh, oh, have you seen that? I think it was on. I saw it on like uh, one of our Instagram clips. But it's like one of the Texas players is like, <laughs> you know what? You had to be there. You had to see it. All right, moving along. Um, I wasn't going to do a good job explaining that. The books have the Jags as a three-point favorite at home. Against the Falcons in London, as they we mentioned. They haven't won in London in, three, what, three, three last three games there. So it's been, I think, 2019. Because mm. they didn't play in 20 during the COVID year. But I think so it's 319. I haven't won there. Let's say that they win. Um, I don't think they'll shut down the Falcons because the Jaguars' defense isn't very good. Let's say that they win 24 to 17. And it's kind of comfortable, and the Falcons have a last-second garbage touchdown. Where, how high can the Falcons? How high? Where? What happens to the Jaguars, Falcons in that scenario? Well, I don't mean it. Just depends on what happens in front of them, but they'll move up a little bit. But then the next week they get Buffalo, and, but in London, know, in London. London. I mean that. Well, it's in. It's, yeah, it's in London. Not it's it's, it's at the Tottenham or whatever that is in Tot Tottenham. Tot Tottenham. What that yeah. Jacksonville gets a huge travel advantage because they get to stay in London for a Totten week. And Tottenham has a Tottenham. Whatever it is, I don't know. Tottenham, Victor Wimbiana is playing for the Hotspurs. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, they... Uh, if you really they, want to offend soccer... They're moving soccer resorts. Victims. Can you believe that? They're staying in a resort, practicing at it. Then after the game on Sunday, they're moving to another resort. I would do. Stay in as many resorts as possible. Enjoy but yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think that's going to be a tough game for, for them. And then the next week, that's a big break for them, by the way. You get Buffalo in... in uh, there than rather than playing them up in at their home place because so that's a home game for Buffalo. That's right. That's also probably why they have to move resorts. I would think. Uh, Wilson, you mentioned uh, or did you mention Calvin Ridley's problems? No, Prisco did. Breach, you can go ahead. Yeah, you can get in your two cents if you have something. Actually, no. You know what, Breach, you're fine. Uh, time to take a break. When we come back, we have some teams that are come back from the dead. That's like uh, like Pete. We thought Pete's career was toast. Came back from the dead, salvaged it. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Just kidding, Pete. We'll talk about some teams who are, looked like they were toast in three, three weeks. They are back and maybe back in the mix. We'll tell you who they are, who's shooting up the rankings. Coming up next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Back to the Pick 6 podcast. Ryan Wilson, John Breach, Pete Prisco, joined by me, Will Brinson. We've got some bottom feeders. Arizona Cardinals. And the Houston Texans. Well, actually, no, we'll talk about the Cardinals first. Um, or we'll talk about the Texans first. They're up to 12 spots to number 19. Pete, they're ahead of the Jaguars after beating your Jaguars. Mine. Is this team better than better than you thought? Is CJ Stroud the best rookie quarterback? Right now, CJ Stroud is the best rookie quarterback. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's actually looks like a polished passer. He's impressive. Um, and here's what they do. They play tough and fast and violently. I want to give a shout-out to Jimmy Ward. Uh, I love Jimmy Ward when he came into the league. He was the captain of my better-than team. 
You put the tape on last week against Jacksonville. He's flying all over the field. Getting oh, that's what like Jimmy this. Ward was the one celebrating the uh, the Beck kick return, talking about it. Well, yeah, Jimmy Ward's a good football player, and they don't have a, a ton of talent, but you can see, and a lot of it was hurt. You know, they didn't have Stingley and Petrie and Tavir Thomas. I mean, they didn't have three guys in the secondary. But you could see they play hard, and D'Amico Ryans has that team moving in the right direction. They're loaded with draft picks. They have their quarterback. Uh, they're moving in the right direction. I like where they're headed. I agree. CJ is easily the best quarterback among the rookies. Anthony Richardson was hurt. Bryce was hurt. And, you know, Bryce has had some struggles with that offensive line. And also in Bryce's defense, because I have to defend Bryce Pete, those guys are not getting open for him. But that said, it ain't like CJ's playing with the, the Miami Dolphins offense. He has been absolutely dealing. He made two throws in that game on sad on Sunday that were dropped. That were two of the best throws I saw all week by anyone. He threw that little glance to Nico in the middle of the field. And he threw with so much anticipation. I think it scared Nico that the ball got on him so fast. And then Dalton Schultz should have cut that touchdown in the end zone at the front pylon that he like. Yeah, but the, the ball he threw to tank Dell was over the wrong shoulder and Dell made a good play on it. Tank so Dell he, made a fantastic, but the guy was so open. I mean, he just threw a, a an arm punt and let him run underneath it. Tank I think, Dell, who I love by the way, and, and Rick Spielman and yourself, you didn't really like him that much. It. I got the receipts, Pete. But uh, you, I agree. You better get those receipts out. But, well, I yeah, mean, I mean, I think C.J. Stroud, it, I, I'll be first one to sit here and say he looks 10 times better than I expected him to look this early in this in this season. Oh, yeah, of course. I agree with that. It will be interesting to see what he does against Ryan Steelers, though, because you look at he's yeah, piling up passing yards at least in the first two weeks. Not really in garbage time, but where his team was trailing uh, with double-digit losses to the Ravens and Colts. But he did look really good against Jacksonville, and as Ryan said, hit on a, a couple big-time throws that you'd always expect to see from a rookie. But So we're talking about two of these three games where you're piling up the yards. So it will be very interesting to see how he handles the Steelers defense. And I feel like Mike Tomlin has a pretty good tra track record against rookie quarterbacks, Wilson, no? I think Dick rookies? LeBeau does. I think I, Dick LeBeau does, and Matt Canada is the ultimate kryptonite. By the way, Matt Canada came out and refuted, or excuse me, Tomlin came out and refuted that report that Canada, uh, Canada had been given more control in the offense. Well, but I'm talking about well, the Steelers defense. How much defense more control in the offense track. are you having if you're the offensive coordinator? I mean, it makes no sense. I know, but to Breach's point, Yes, Tomlin has had a pretty good track record. I think some of that, and maybe BMAC, that's a question for him. A lot of that maybe has to do with Dick LeBeau. I just don't trust this, this Steelers team that's currently constituted. That's just maybe me being a fan. You don't like Pickett. I would like him to play better. I would love to he like He played Pickett. well the other day. He played better. He played well. You don't like Canada. Well. Yeah. Ryan, who are you picking to win this Texans-Steelers game? Just out of curiosity. What, what's the line? Let's start there. Do you know? You're the point spread expert. Minus three and a half, minus four. Where's the game? It's in, um, it's in Houston. The line on that game minus three, is... Minus three and a half Pittsburgh if it's in Houston. It's in Houston. I'll take the Texans at minus three and a half. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh minus three at Houston. I don't I don't think that if the offensive line doesn't get back a couple guys, in, then I think that's going to be a problem against that pass rush. I think that's they'll true. overwhelm. That's and, true. You and, can be right. And Stroud had a scramble the other day for 15 yards, I think, which surprised me, but but... Um, yeah, that might be a problem for him this week. This might be the this might be the week that a good defense, a dominant defense, gets after him, and he looks like a rookie quarterback. He looked really calm in the pocket. I mean, to your point, they're not playing TJ Watt last weekend, but I, I was surprised there were some people in his face, and he didn't panic. We see sometimes. No, he's it's it's he's been impressive. I mean, yeah. you can't take it away from. Him. Uh, by the way. Just worth noting that the odds for defensive rookie of the year, or excuse me, offensive rookie of the year. Um, CJ Stroud now plus 450 tied with Anthony Richardson behind B. John Robinson at three to one. Puka Nakua seven to one. De Devin Achain jumped up to 10 to one along with Zay Flowers. You could get some Bryce Young at 40 to one right now. Don't waste your money. Yeah, everybody set it on fire. Is he, are you giving up on him, Ryan? Oh, but he's not going to win it. I mean, B. B John, are you, are, you are you not as high on him now? that you've seen him play in the NFL as you were before. The no, no, I still, I'm very high on him. I will not say a bad, you said it two weeks ago. I will never say a bad word about Bryce and I will continue. He played. You won't. He's, You're he's stubborn. Fine. He's doing fine. He's doing fine. He's hurt. The offensive line's been bad. On the bench weapons. Doing fine behind Andy well, Dalton's. They, Andy Dalton, <laughs> he's no Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. 
Andy Dalton played better, but I'd still play Bryce Young. Well, I mean, Andy Dalton threw the ball 50. His arm is killing me. He can't play anymore. But I'd still, I'd still play Bryce Young. No matter what it is, you have to play Bryce Young. Well, yeah. um, you I'm just saying, I'm play. just saying Bryce Young could Bryce Young could use like the time away when he's dealing with the injury. He could come back, play well, and like 40 to 1 is pretty good odds for, for a quarterback to win rookie of the year. Like you don't have to win football games to win rookie of the year as a quarterback. Anthony Richardson can't stay on the field. Maybe CJ Stroud hit, uh, struggles for a little bit. We'll see. Just saying, I throw it out there. The Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, maybe getting Kyler, Kyler Murray back soon. They jump up six spots from DFL to number 26 overall after whooping up on the Cowboys. Three pretty good performances from the Cardinals. Um, and I think they hang around this week too, Will. Wait, do, you, do, you feel, do you feel bad for leaving them in last after they tried hard for two weeks? Is that why you send them up this, this freaking high? I mean, I give them credit. They dominated that game the other day. They pushed the Cowboys around. They ran the ball. I mean, would they run for over 200 yards? Hey, when Kyle Murray comes back, do they want to keep Josh Dobbs in the lineup? <laughs> Serious? I mean, not that great. No, no, you don't. But but he's played well. I mean, he's done a good job of running that thing. Let they, me ask you this. another team that plays. They got a bunch of guys that nobody knows, like Dennis Gardeck, and they play hard and tough <laughs> and physical, and they get after it. I mean, what? nasty. What if, and I said this on the podcast the other day with, with these two, Josh Dobbs plays in, within the Drew Petzing's offense. What if Kyler comes back and is playing hero ball? What are you doing then? I mean, you got to play him. Okay. You, you got to play Kyler Murray. You got to find out at least the rest of the year what he is. I mean, right. coming back off the knee injury, you got to see what he is. Is he okay, different? Me, Does he not me, run as much? Let's rephrase the question real quick, Pete. The Cardinals are one and three. If they win their next two games against the 49ers, and Bengals, are you still putting Kyler Murray back in, or are you sticking with Josh Dobbs? Well, do they win in a defensive, or do they put up they big offensive win. numbers? I, does just... Josh Dobbs throw for three thirty in each game and yes, three touchdowns? They... I mean, you got to put it. Well, if he throws, for <laughs> he throws for two hundred and twenty-four yards and one touchdown in both games. No, you don't, you play oh, Murray. Gosh, come on, Pete. You play Murray. He's okay. a, he's okay. their guy. I know, but you can make the case that like Kyler shouldn't even be back to like week eight anyway. Well, like that's, from a health that's standpoint, a, that's a whole nother issue. I mean, are you rushing? Is he rushing now? If you lose, let's say you lose the next two games, and you're what? Then you'd be one and four. Do you play Kyler Murray? Because if the Texans lose the say the Texans lose the next two, and the Cardinals lose the next two, you're like hurtling towards Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. Which well, is it's pretty clear attractive. that. Like Jonathan Gannon is going to tank. We tried to talk him into tanking in the preseason. He wasn't buying it. He, that team is playing pretty hard. Yeah, no, they're no, playing pretty hard. I, I don't think they're going to tank. I'm just saying, win. like, they're not tanking. You play to win. I, I don't think a coaching staff and a team will tank. I just think that it's possible that a front office will decide we're not playing Kyler because if he gets hurt and can't pass a physical, then we are really screwed and we want to get Caleb Williams. If, if you got to find out what you have in Kyler Murray, what if Kyler Murray comes back and he's actually a better player and he, you know, he's become and a you better player? You still draft Caleb Williams first overall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're probably not going to have the first pick. They may not. Not to keep playing like this. Do the, uh, Bear, do the Bears draft Caleb Williams if they have yes. the first pick? Yes. Well, the Bears, have, well, you know, you know what's interesting? I saw uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports wrote about this. So this is pretty wild. There are four 0 3 teams in the NFL right now, right? All four of them play each other this week. The Bears right. and the Broncos are both 0-3 and, and they play each other. And the Panthers and the Vikings are both 0-3 and, and they play each other. Uh, if you follow the, the odds there, the Bears will possess the top two picks in the NFL draft coming out of this weekend because they have the Panthers' first-round pick from the Bryce Young deal, which means that, like, dude, Chicago, I mean, put the roll the tank out and go get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. And all of a sudden, or maybe four off two offensive linemen. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not drafting Marvin Harrison. If I have all those other, they have their defense is awful. You got to find a defensive player. Well, you're the one who said Justin Fields might like win MVP this year, but sure. No, I didn't say he would win MVP. I thought he would be better, but it doesn't help that they have the worst, one of the worst staffs ever, the way they use the guy. They don't even use him like he should be used. He, and here's another thing. He, they never let him throw to the middle of the field. That means they don't, A, they don't either have plays designed in there or they don't trust him at all because everything is to the sideline. It's a hot mess. It it's really is. Mess. It's a bad – so, okay, who's making those decisions? Is, is, is Poles making those decisions? Or are they firing the head coach? Or are they getting rid of the offensive coordinator? Are they getting rid of Justin Fields? I mean, there's a lot of decisions to be made. There's still a lot of football to be played, but it doesn't look good. Sure doesn't. Uh, you know who would be a really good coach for Justin Fields? Shane Steichen. Andy Reid. 
<laughs> yes, Andy Reid. Andy Reid as well. Shane Steichen's got the Colts up ten spots from twenty-four all the way to fourteen. They're the only team in the AFC South in the top half of the league on your power rankings. Pete, are the Colts legitimately good, or is the AFC South just a big hot pile of what do you call it, Wilson? Doo doo. Dog, dog doo doo. Yeah, it's it's a big hot pile of doo doo right now. That's what it is. I mean, Jacksonville beat them in Week One and scored thirty one points. They haven't scored on anybody since. So, mm. uh, I mean, I worry about the Colts defensively a little bit. I still think there's some problems there. Although Lamar Jackson made them look really good throwing the football last week. Um, I think you know what are they going to do when Richardson's back? Are they better offense when he plays? I think they are, but people love Gardner Minshew. I don't know why, but they do. he's reading he's reading the, the rundown breach. Oh, Gardner. What are you saying? That's my boy. You love Gardner Minshew? Pete has not, Pete has, Pete has not read the rundown. I can assure you that. I haven't read the rundown. <laughs> I can promise you Pete's not stealing your point about Minshew versus Richardson from the rundown. Breach well, know, should, does, should they play Richardson or should they keep playing Minshew? Are you serious? <laughs> serious? I said Breach I mean, wants to know, not me. I'm not you're winning games. You're winning games, Pete. Learn the game. The, the, no, job, the object of the game is to win. You draft a guy to be your franchise quarterback. You don't play Gardner Minshew. <laughs> what if Minshew's Minshew the franchise, in, franchise quarterback? Minshew's perfect when he comes in and plays a couple games here and there. That's it. That's all he is. Stop it. He just keeps uh, the Ravens in Baltimore. Actually, I don't know. I don't know if that was actually your question or not, Breach. Do you, how much truth do you actually put into that sentence, Minshew over? They got a little, little grin peeking out on Breach's like, mouth. He doesn't really believe it. I am of the, if I was a head coach in the NFL and I have a quarterback who's winning games, and yes, I might have a rookie who will turn to a franchise quarterback at some point. I'm just going to ride the hot hand, especially with a rookie, because we don't know. Did if he the play great last week? What were what were Minshew's numbers? Did the defense win that game, or did Minshew win? Minshew was 19 to 23 for 171 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's against not a Texas. great. That's not a great game. That's he that's great completions. P. He came and off he the bench. Did he give him two points? Did he give him two points stepping out of the back of the end zone? That was no. against the Ravens. I was talking about the Texans game when he got thrown oh. in there, not knowing he was going to play. Yeah, I, look, that's when you get thrown in there, Minshew's going to be good getting thrown in there. It's when people prepare for him that he has the problem. No, you don't play Minshew. Stop well, it. Well, the Ravens got to prepare for him, and he threw for 227 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Is that a great game offensively? Uh, the, Jaguars, the Jaguars would have taken it. That's <laughs> a manage the game game. Pete, is, hey. it, is it true that you hate Gardner Minshew because you've never been able to grow facial hair? No. I don't hate Gardner Minshew. I, I I just don't think he's very good. I think he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. Third round every, did you, did you trade a third round every pick? Every time, every single time he plays a game, everybody goes, oh, he should be starting. No, he shouldn't. And by the way, did, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he have like nine straight losses before as a starter before he played the other day? He's playing on that Wait, terrible and, and, and real quick, I don't think Minshew should be the starter, like replace Anthony Richardson. I would just keep him in until he loses a game and then say, okay, Richardson, you're back. It's your team. He, I mean, if he I'm just riding the hot hand. That's it. If he was thrown for 440 and three or 330 and three, I could see your argument. There's no argument. He threw for 220. That's like nothing. He's 27 to 44, too. But Pete, that could just be following Breach's rule. That could be a one game thing. If he loses next week, then it's Anthony Richardson's team. No. So it could, could be a short If tip. Anthony Richards is ready to play this week, he plays. I, I agree with that. Let me ask you about Jonathan Taylor, who is not yet out there. He should be available pretty soon. Uh, Zach Moss ran for 122. And it sort of supports your theory about pay, paying these guys. What are, you, what are you doing with Jonathan Taylor? How does he fit into the offense if he does it all? Oh, if he comes back, you play him. He's the he's a better back than Zach Moss. But Would you trade again, him if that's an opportunity? Who's trading for him? I don't know. Who wants him? You know, it's, it's like before the season. Miami needs to go get Dalvin Cook. Oh, my gosh, what are they going to do? Well, that would have been the dumbest thing ever. I you agree drafted, with that part. You drafted the kid from A&M. Uh, well, however, he cha changes the pronunciation of his name every week. What is it? Is it a it's a Chan now, isn't it? Or, isn't a Chan, a Chan, a Chan. I yeah. told us a well, at the combine. It was yeah. It's what everybody said. It was a he changed it, so it's a Chan now. Yeah, you wrote it's, it's like it's like Mike Stanton. He's like, hey, uh, as it turns out, I'm really rich now, so I'm going to go back to being Giancarlo. I was worried right. it might hamper me going to the majors, so I went by Mike. Like I'm just going to be Giancarlo now. A, a Chan reigned for uh, four touchdowns. He's like, hey, you know what? It's not a change. So if you guys could fix that pronunciation, that'd be great. Thanks. And then so it, they're better off with him than they are with Alvin Cook. I agree. 
You, so, running backs but, are everywhere. Okay, here's another one. The Lions used a top 10 pick on Gibbs. Wasn't it 10 or was it? I think it was 12. Yeah. He was 12. 12. It was 12. Would they have been better off keeping DeAndre Swift? Yes. No, he was injured. That's why they got rid of him. That's why. I mean, that was the only thing. He couldn't stay healthy. You still, you drafted a, you drafted a running back at 12. Yeah. Is it a problem? I mean, Bichon, it's not. Top 10. Bijan's a really good football player. He did nothing last week. Zero. Oh You're the I one mean, who just said three weeks. He's the a good 13th football overall player, pick. but like I always say, in five years, he'll be complaining about his uh, franchise tag, just like Saquon Barkley and the rest I mean, of them. The, the Lions should have taken Christian Gonzalez at, at 12. There you go. <laughs> okay. I mean, they, the, the, the Lions taking a cornerback is not crazy at all. Every, I guarantee you, you had them taking Devin Witherspoon in like 75% of your mock no, drafts. I'm laughing position, because the revision Position history. value. Position well, no, but I mean, we all, everybody thought Christian Gonzalez would be a good player. I agree, but I mean, they would. I mean, it's, it's not. It's, but it's not. When it's you just say, don't draft a running back at twelve. Take the p possible like stud cornerback. Like that's just a good move. Position value matters, and there's more value at a corner position than there is of a running back. They, they're everywhere. Well, I mean, the other side of that argument is how's Devin Witherspoon doing? He's not doing great, so you just don't know. He was hurt. It doesn't matter. He's not doing great. He wouldn't be. He in, was hurt from. He missed the entire. He missed the entire preseason, basically. How about you no, don't? How about you don't trade out of six and just take Jalen Carter? I mean, it's pretty. It's not that hard. That, he's the best play. He's the best yeah, rookie right they, now. They don't. They don't take. They don't take knuckleheads though. So that's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember. Uh, uh, whatever the co-host of that. What's his name? The co-host of that podcast that you're on, um, Rick. Uh, his brother or something works with the Lions. He's like the janitor with the Lions or something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, moving along. <laughs> no, Rick Spielman, co-host of the With the First Pick podcast with Ryan Wilson, a fantastic NFL draft podcast. Um, he pointed – actually, I got – I when I was doing my mocks, I used Rick's uh, comments on the show to inform my mock draft because he's like – you're like, Jalen Carter might be there for the Lions at six. He was like, mm, I wouldn't bank on them taking him at six. Did he not? Well, he said that like on the air. In hindsight, they should have taken him. Well, they should have. I'm just saying, like, he, Rick made it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm pumping up the podcast here, man. I love talking football with Rick, but two yeah. things about him that he won't do. He won't pick little guys, and he won't uh, take guys that have a little bit of an edge. In, in and and by, the, by the way, with the, with the Jonathan Taylor thing, really quickly, um, if they beat the Rams this week, they're 3-1, and one, and then they get the Titans at, uh, versus the Titans and at the Jaguars with the Jags coming back from two weeks in London. Like, roll Jonathan Taylor out there and play him. Because you could win I those two division him. games, and all of a sudden you would be 5-1 and one if you beat the Rams. Or even How like 4-2, 4-3. Four How healthy is he? I think he's healthy after the four weeks off. Yeah, well, we'll see. We don't know. We don't know what that injury was either. So we'll see. But I'm sure. with you. If he's healthy, he plays. Yep, I agree with that. I don't think they're going to find a trade partner for him. Okay, very quickly, uh, we talked about the uh, Bears. Uh, or do you need to go, Pete? In a second. Okay. Um, Broncos, Panthers, and Vikings. Which one of those teams? Because I think the Bears are the worst team in football pretty clearly. Uh, negative. They have a worse point differential than the Broncos who lost by 50 points on Sunday. Who's the next worst team in football? Yes, the Broncos. Pete? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to say the Broncos. Okay. That's yeah. weird because you actually have the Panthers ranked as the next worst team in football. But if you want to say the Broncos. That's well, I mean, it, yeah, I guess the Panthers. I for, Well, is Bryce Young playing or not? Because Bryce Young's playing, they're the worst team. If Andy Dalton's playing or not, Ouch, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. Well, he's not. He look, he's overwhelmed right now. He, yeah, he's not a, overwhelmed. Yes, he is. Dude, Andy the Dalton. Seahawks. The Seahawks made a compilation of Panthers offensive linemen's false starts on Sunday, and that was with Andy Dalton back there. I mean, Bryce Young is definitely overwhelmed. He has no time behind that line, which unfortunately is chock full of NC State players, and he has zero weapons downfield. There's the no one on the team. The, right, the left tackle and the right guard are both NC State players. There's Ooh, no, don't draft those linemen. There's no way. You, you, there, is not, there is no one on that roster that can get separation downfield. I don't and, do this often, Pete, but I 100% defend and agree with Brinson. He's exact, he, Brinson's actually learned the game and watched the tape. You've done neither. I, I watch it every week. You're, just, you're never going to give up. You're never going to stop defending the kid. You're like, MVP. Rick, 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 MVP. Spielman paid, Rick Spielman gets paid to defend him. You don't. <laughs> I don't get anything. That's the worst part. Is it, by the way, Spielman loves, hates every little guy, every little receiver. Too little, too little, every little guy. Too little, too little. But he loved Bryce Young. <laughs> he wasn't too little? Come on.
Are you, you're suggesting that Rick gets paid to defend Bryce Young? That's pre, that's Pete's go-to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Breach Wilson, what uh, thoughts on worst team in the NFL? Breach, go ahead. It's the Bears, so there's no thoughts. Well, no, we it's know a that. one-word answer. Yeah, other than the Bears. Other than the Bears, bro. Oh, other than the Bears. I think the Vikings at 29, I think the Vikings would beat the Raiders, the Jets. the like. I think the Vikings are too low, even though they're 0-3. Uh, are too high. They should be up higher in the rankings. I'd probably put the Broncos at 31. Should the, Vi- should the Vikings you. trade Kirk Cousins to the Jets for a seventh-round pick and just tank their faces off to go get Caleb Williams? I, you the know Jets what? Af- is- Jets can't afford that. Yeah. Seventh-round pick? No, not, not the pick, the money. That's uh, a that's lot not, of money to put on your books. That's not, that here, here's the other thing. If you look at the the, the uh, Vikings and, and you look at what happened to them last week, it was vintage. That game was vintage from so many different standpoints. First, you had stupidity by Staley. What a moron. You had the dumb play, fourth and one from the 24. The analytics said go for it, Pete. No, I don't care what the analytics say. You punt the damn ball. They had, <laughs> they've scored three touchdowns the entire game. That was stupidity. But of course, Josh McDaniels out, out, it was really dumber. Okay. Then you have, but maybe they knew in the back of their mind, maybe Staley knew that Kirk Cousins was going to somehow become Kirk Cousins again at the end of the game. It wasn't his fault. Wait. Okay. When he's got his hand, they got 25 seconds left. He's no timeouts and he's doing this and the clock's running. He's looking around. (laughs) What the hell is that? That's him. And they rushed the play. They rushed the play. Of course it was his fault. Just get him up to the line of scrimmage and spike the ball. And then you get two plays and you don't have to hurry up with that last play. Correct, Breach. Instead, it was. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, in his home home stadium, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's even worse. And then he's like, like, well, I I called the exact same play that Kevin wanted to call. It was literally the same play. Who would have guessed that? It's like, uh, not me. But but one last thing, because I do have to go in a second. But if you were the head coach of the Chargers and your job, because his job was probably on the line. Would you go for a fourth and one from the yeah. that's funny. I thought I he did it. swinging, baby. I thought he pulled a Lovey Smith last season. Lovey said, "All right, just we're going to throw everything against the wall and see what happens." If I'm going out, I'm going out guns blazing, and yeah, he, it blew up in his face. But to your point, Kurt out Chargers, the Chargers, and I'll say quickly, Pete, you mentioned the Raiders and Josh McDaniel. They are my worst team below the Bears solely because of that stupidity at the end of that game where they just try to kick them, oh. kick field goals to death. All right, was, Pete, I don't understand the rationale behind. There that. is none. None. Yeah. There's none. Yeah. You still need the touchdown. Yep. It's a terrible move. All right. Pete mentioned coaches on the hot seat. Brandon Stanley on the hot seat. We're going to say goodbye to Pete. Don't Bye, hang Pete. up, Pete. We'll, you'll leave during the break. Uh, we Bye, will see Pete. you, pal. When we come back, we've got our live power rankings given to us by Pick 6 listener. One just like you. Dominic Petrillo joins us and ranks coaches on the hot seat. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Pick 6 Podcast. Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, John Breach, and now joined by longtime listener, Pick 6 Superfan, and general knower of ball, Dominic Petrella. Dom, what's up, buddy? Not much. How you guys doing? Dom, doing well. How you doing, brother? Doing well. Good. How you doing, Ryan? Good to talk to you again. Will, you don't have to answer my email now. I don't. Well, I don't answer anybody's email. He wasn't going to answer it anyway. Yeah. Um, the, seriously, I don't. I, I really. I think my mom emailed me like six six years ago, and I still haven't replied to her. She mentions it every Thanksgiving. Um, so don't 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 take it personally. Breach, Will has however, never written back an email to me in my entire life. He's like Geno Smith. <laughs> That's right. Breach, you and I have something in common too. You're a serial killer, and my mom actually unknowingly dated a guy who killed 41 women and was put to death in Florida. What? Oh my <laughs> that's God. A, that's, that's <laughs> was he drafted by the Packers? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad, Dom, I'm glad you could step right in from Pete, Pete Briscoe's like, I love serial killers a lot. And like you like you filled Pete's spot and uh, and actually filled it better. Uh, so good good for you. You get to rank, you get to rank things as well. Let's start with your, uh, let's do your coach power rankings. Coaches on the hot seat. For drama, we'll start with five and work our way to the coach on the hottest seat. Who is your number five coach with the hottest butt slash seat in the NFL? Uh, who is my number five? I can't look at my list because, as you know, I'm blind. You were correct. He is. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> he play. He coaches the Cowboys. Oh, there you Lovely. go, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, he's. I just think he's on the hot seat because Jerry Jones is. I think he's just getting itchy. He may want to get Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore back from. Los Angeles after they reshuffle their, you know, coaching staff this offseason. I just think he really loves his homegrown guy. So he's going to want to get rid of, you know, McCarthy as soon as possible and get his own guy in there. I think it's going to be Kellen Moore. I think he really loves the offense that Kellen Moore brought to the team the past couple of years. And he's going to go after him this season when Brian, when Brandon Staley's gone. 
So, Dom, the, the great thing is that both Debo and new producer Harry made it clear that we were going to tell you the, the, the rankings of your players, and, and Brinson just put you right on the spot. No, no, I was told I wasn't <laughs> supposed to know what they were. I was, I, was, I was told I wasn't going to find out what they were ahead of time, so it didn't spoil the, the rankings. And so that's, but look, I'll take, I'll, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take the L there for, for So let me, um, Mike McCarthy, based on how things <laughs> unfolded in week three, and it always feels like you're just sort of teetering on the edge with getting the old Mike McCarthy back. And I feel like we saw glimpses of that. I, you know, I asked you this on Sunday Night Breach: Is it more Mike McCarthy or more Dak? And you felt like it was more Mike McCarthy, especially with the sluggish nature in which they mounted that last drive that ended in the interception in the end zone. So I, I don't hate this at all. And um, number four, just so you know, Dom, to refresh your memory, Mike Frable. Well, real quick on Mike McCarthy, I just want to say with with uh, obviously got totally out coached by a first year coach, Cardinals. But you look at the Cowboys' next three games, they play the Patriots. Not completely crazy that they would lose that. Then they play the 49ers. Then they play the Chargers. As Wilson would say, there's a path. path. There's a path. Dallas is 2-4 and going into their Week 7 bye. And my God, that is going to be a crazy week in Dallas if that happens. So, I mean, the thing about Mike McCarthy, too, is when you think about the hot seats, right? Like, you you have to take somebody off of the hot – like. Like if, if you're going to like somebody else has to be put on there, like in, in place of Mike McCarthy and sort of running through it. I mean, like we don't think Zach Taylor's on the hot seat, right? Breach. What? I, I, <laughs> what are you smoking? I'm, I'm trying to find people who might replace Mike McCarthy on the top five. I don't think Robert Sala's on the hot seat because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. I think he's, I think he's in the clear bill Belichick. I'm looking at one and two teams. Bill Belichick. Belichick. He said, not, bill on, Belichick. not on the hot seat. I'm trying to find I mean, Sean Payton. Oh, and three, not on the hot about- seat. I actually had Sean Payton number six. It, it took me a while Ooh. to figure out somebody to put it number five. I just put Sean Payton in number six just because wouldn't it be funny that the Waltons gave him like what it is, whatever it is, $20 million a year, and then they fire him after a year. And right. then I also didn't put Rob Ron Rivera on my list just because I think he's his hot seat is only because of the ownership change. So that's why I think he's going to be gone anyway. Yeah, I think I think Rivera you could put on the list instead of McCarthy if you wanted to, just because uh, like of the. But you're right; it is the ownership changes, the fact that Josh Harris, if, if they lose a bunch of games, he's gonna is gonna make a change there. You just start looking through this list and like oh and three Panthers, like that. You know, you can't put um, Frank Reich on the hot seat now in his first year. I don't think it, two and one at you know Todd Bowles on well, the hot seat. I think the only argument you could put at five and not you know through three weeks, I'm not sure you would want to do it. But look. Mike McCarthy coaches a two and one team. We're talking about him in the hot seat is maybe Kevin Stefanski because yes, Ooh. the Browns are two and one, but if they were to go out and lose this week against the Ravens, completely plausible, lose the next game against the 49ers, completely plausible. And now you're two and three, uh, then things would flip pretty quickly in Cleveland. So I think you could make an argument if you wanted to put Stefanski at five instead of McCarthy. So we've got Mike Vrabel at number four. Dom, walk us through that one. I, I sort of feel I, – I think this is a, a tough list this early in the season just because, again, like one and two, Mike Vrabel. I, to me, Mike Vrabel's probably safe, but I, I, have a, I have a hard time finding somebody else that would replace him on a hot, with a hotter seat. To me, I, I actually had Mike Vrabel hotter, and then I know that a lot of people love him, so I moved him down a little bit. I've never been a fan of his coaching. I just think that it's been all Derrick Henry, and we see that now that Derrick Henry's starting to slip that – he can't do anything with the defense or the offense. I know it's they've had a lot of injuries and stuff. I just think that he's he's all talk and less substance. So I just I don't know. I just I've never been a big fan of Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I thought it was weird the way he got the job from Mike Malarkey after going to the playoffs and Malarkey just got in a pissing match with the ownership and they decided to let him go and they brought in Vrabel. So I know they like him there, the ownership. So that's why he has a lot of cachet there. But I just I've never been a big fan of his, and I just think he his teams underperform for how everybody how good everybody thinks he is breach here from nashville go ahead yeah defend, defend i mean i, I defend think hot he, chicken defend mike vrabel breach i think he overperforms we're talking about a guy who has never been given a great roster he's not somebody who has one of these upper echelon quarterbacks and you know it's not like derrick henry is willing them to victory in every single game certainly he's played a huge part of that but you're talking about a coach who has what four winning seasons and Five five full years with the Titans, uh, obviously one and two this year, but the AFC South is wide open. It's it's just they've never had the best roster in the NFL even close, and this is a guy who led this team to a number one seed 
just two years ago. I mean, we're only two years removed from the Titans being the number one overall seed in the AFC. So I, I think Vrabel is, yeah, I, I don't think. Are you, are you worried? Are you worried with Vrabel uh, Wilson that let's say Ryan Tannehill last year of his contract, he's gone. All of a sudden you have Malik Willis and Will Levis, and that's all you got at the quarterback position. What happens with Tennessee then? Well, I mean, they drafted Will Levis at the top of the second round, and they were thinking about trading into the back of the first to get him. So they they like him, or at least they did. He was hurt through preseason, so he didn't play a lot. And Malik Willis still looks pretty pretty raw. He played a ton. I don't know. If, I don't know what we have in Will Levis, but I don't. I mean, Breach has watched a lot of that Titans stuff. I, Ryan Tannehill sucks. Like, there's no other way about yes. it. Like, he is not good. So I would imagine one of those guys is an upgrade on some level. Maybe you play like two quarterbacks. So I like I don't know what the plan is. But I don't think that's going to be. They were spraying and praying during the preseason, man. Yeah, but the preseason is. I mean, it was all Malik Willis. No one else played. Um, Will played for a little bit against the Bears before he got hurt. But you're just sort of figuring. You call out him Will. You can't call you. I'm I'm Brinson. He's but I can't I can't be called Will. I mean, well, I can call you Will if you want. But I think uh, Breach's point is, is the one that I agree with. Like I I like Mike Vrabel as the coach. I think he overachieves. I think they play some of the like the ugliest football in the NFL but they find a way to get it done. So I, I feel like if Mike Vrabel gets fired, he'll be out of a job for about 10 minutes. All right. Number three, Dom, this one. And now we are getting to the, the, I like, I think, I think the, I think four and five are hard to fill out. Um, but number three, we're getting mm-hmm. to the, the, the meat of the hot seat here. Yes, number three, Matt Eberfuss in Chicago. Uh, they are currently trending towards having possibly the two, Number the number one and number two overall picks. If both they and Carolina lose this weekend, Chicago has been terrible. Uh, Pete Prisco earlier in the show pointed out it is largely the coaching staff. Uh, what 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 problem did you have? You were at three and maybe not even higher. Yeah, I just think the top three were pretty easy, and then four and five, I had to stretch to even find names. Yep. I just think that he hasn't done anything with Fields. We we know obviously listening to your show and listening to a bunch of other shows and just being able to listen to you. games, you can hear that. <laughs> Yeah, they used Justin Fields the wrong way for the first half of last year. And then when they finally decided to let him run the ball like he did at Ohio State, they started maybe not winning a lot of games, but they started performing. And that's what they needed to do. And then this year they said this whole offseason, it's like they had amnesia. And they said, oh, let's go back to what we were doing at the beginning of last year just to try and maybe they're trying to tank without actually tanking. They're trying to out Cardinal the Cardinals or something just so they can get the number one and number two pick. But it just seems like he doesn't. For some reason, he doesn't like what he has in Justin Fields. They have no wide receivers. Their offensive line is terrible now, especially with that. They have the right tackle just went on IR. They have nothing to look forward to. The running back room is terrible. The defense, you know, I could probably play on that defense as, as like a spy or something. It's just <laughs> it's terrible what's going on there. And I just think that he they brought him in for defense. He hasn't done anything with the defense. If anything, it's gotten worse since he's been there. The offense hasn't gotten any better. So I just think that he – the whole experiment with him is terrible, and who knows? Maybe they'll go after Jim Harbaugh. Maybe he'll want to stay in the Midwest and go to Chicago, or possibly, you know, Ryan Day get one of these big hot college coaches or something like that, or get, you know, go after again like a Kellen Moore or something. If he's when Brandon Staley gets fired from Los Angeles and he's out of a job as Los Angeles coordinator, Breach, let me let me put this theory to you, and it's not from lack of effort that the Bears haven't gotten better. They've added a ton of guys on both sides of the ball, and they are just truly terrible. But here's my theory breach. Unless you're getting someone who early returns are is dynamic and can motivate and the players buy in on the defensive side of the ball like D'Amico Ryans, hiring someone like Matt Eberflus, a defensive coach, by and large, is not going to work out. And Dom noted that defense stinks. I mean, they're terrible. And we, we crushed Brandon Staley for being a defensive guy, and that team sucks on defense. But I think Matt Eberflus is taking it to another level. And he's not D'Amico Ryans or Mike Tomlin or even Bill Belichick in terms of being a defensive mastermind slash motivator. Knowing that in today's NFL, you almost can't hire a defensive coach unless they're truly special. What do you think about that theory? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely the truth. Unless you have, you look at the 49ers out there producing head coaches on their defensive side of the ball, and it just felt like those were two guys who can motivate. And this is, I mean, this is like the Bears are just waiting to get out of this. And it stinks to have to let go of a guy when he's only been there for one full season. He's not even three games into his second season with the team, but man, it does not look like he was the right choice for the job. So this seems like a good spot here. Uh, on I mean, I think, I think it's a good rule of thumb. Like if you fire somebody named Ryan and somebody named Matt, 
maybe don't or like somebody named Ryan P and somebody named Matt. Maybe don't go out and hire like another Ryan P and a Matt. One, I mean, it's it feels like you're just doing it just to be cheap on like like scraping their names off the the offices or like changing out like nameplates and everything. And uh, two, it's like very confusing for everybody involved. Like you hear routinely analysts will be like Ryan Pauls, you know, say like people pause because they don't remember. Say like, Matt Eberfuss. Maybe not It'd be like if one. we fired Will Brinson and, and hired Will Farrell just because we wanted to have a Will right. to continue to host the podcast. I, I or, actually posit that if you hired Ryan Reynolds and Matt Damon, this team would be better. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can get down with that. All right, number two, we go out to the desert, Las Vegas. Josh McDaniels. Now I routinely, for some reason. Defend Josh McDaniel's hot seat, suggesting, Dom, that he is not on the hot seat only because Mark Davis is unlikely to let him go just because Mark Davis doesn't want to deal with it. Uh, but you've got him at number two on your list. Yeah, he's a, you know, obviously Mark Davis is cheap. We know that he gets his haircut at the haircuttery. He likes to eat, <laughs> you know, at P.F. Chang, get those lettuce wraps and all that kind mm. of stuff. But, and obviously he's still paying like $100 million to John Gruden or whatever he's paying him. But I just think that McDaniel, he's one of these guys, He's he's got like the Rex Ryan syndrome where he's a great coordinator. You know, in this case, offense coordinator, Rex Ryan was a great defense coordinator, but he's not a good offense coordinator or not a good head coach. Once he gets in that big chair, he can't over, you know, oversee the whole thing. He's not the CEO. He's somebody, he's middle management. He's somebody that needs to be involved with his side of the ball with his players and he can't oversee anything. And I just think that that's really been a detriment for him in Denver. It's been a detriment for him now in Las Vegas. And I just think it's going to keep him from ever getting another head coaching job. He'll probably either go back to the Patriots after this year of offensive coordinator, or he'll go somewhere else and Bill Belichick will get him a job as offense coordinator somewhere, maybe in Alabama to replace, you know, uh, Tim, Tim Reese or Tom Reese. <laughs> hey, uh, breach. My only complaint about this is that maybe Joshua Downs is too low. Too low at number two. I yeah. mean, look, it's crazy just that he has this security blanket of the fact that he was hired by Mark Davis, who I don't think would fire him before three seasons are up. So in a real person's world like Dom's <laughs> and the world we live in, this ranking makes a ton of sense. But because Davis uh, just does not going to admit that he made a mistake, it's hard to see McDaniels getting dumped, I, I think, before the end of next season. And he would have to go four and 13 in each of the next two seasons. I, I just also think too, there's like this built in aspect of being able to blame John Gruden and Mike Mayock because it's like, and it's not hard. You're like, look, look at what these guys did in the draft. Look at the guy. They said, didn't, did they sign Chandler Jones or did McDaniel sign Chandler Jones? Like McDaniels. Did. McDaniels did. Uh, that's that's not, not great for him right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, but like the like you look at the draft picks. It's like, look, dude, what they, they wasted like 13 first round picks. What do you want us to do with this? Uh, number one, in your hearts, in your keyboards, on fourth downs, in Minnesota, maybe not in Minnesota, but certainly in Los Angeles, the hottest seat in the NFL. Might not even be on this list if the Vikings score a touchdown because he might already be gone. Brandon Staley, Dom, checks in as your number one coach in terms of the power rankings on hot, hot seat power rankings. Yeah, he's doing so bad that Justin Herbert's coming out saying he wants him gone. I mean, this he's just, again, he's another one of these guys. He's a good defense coordinator. I don't even think he's a very good defense coordinator. I think that that offense in Los Angeles was so good that it made his defense even look better, even with, you know, he obviously had Aaron Donald and he had Jalen Ramsey, but he had nothing else there. They He rode them to the number one overall defense and got him the job, you know, in San Diego, Los Angeles. And I just think that he, again, he's, he's overmatched. He totally reversed himself after being too aggressive in year one. He just went the total opposite and he needed to, yes, he maybe needed to cut it back 50%, but he cut it back a thousand percent. It did him no good. And it's really hurting the progression. I know I like Justin Herbert as well, but I just think that it, the, what he's doing on defense and on offense there is really hurting the, you know, maturation of Justin Herbert. And he could be even better if he, if he had a different coach, maybe an offensive quote coach that was leading that team. And I just think they're going to get somebody else in there that is offensive. Maybe again, I'll bring him up again, Kalen Moore. Maybe they'll raise him mm. up after, you know, Obviously, he seems to be working pretty good with Justin Herbert. Maybe they'll raise him up to head coach after they let go of Brandon Staley. I'm I, I'm pretty sure. I'll guarantee 100 that if they do let Brandon Staley go during the year, that Moore will get the interim job. Yeah. Oh, Mike McCarthy saw that right on the wall too, and he kicked O'Kellum Moore to the curb. <laughs> That's so right. we'll see if Brandon follows suit. I just I I 
want to be on the Brandon Staley bandwagon, but breach it's incredibly difficult given the way things possible in the last year and a half. It is absolutely difficult. You look at what the Chargers have done this season. If Brandon Staley's not their coach and their coach is just a robot who picks the most optimal decisions, <laughs> they would be three and oh. I mean, they, they lost to the Titans in overtime, a game they probably should have won. They lost the Dolphins 36 to 34, which was one of the craziest games of week one. It's already forgotten because of everything the Chargers have done and all this chargering, and it's just unbelievable, and it almost happened again against the Vikings, going for it on fourth and one from his own 24 and failing. It is just wild that it, Staley just makes all these decisions that keep backfiring in his face. It's it's just unbelievable that keeps happening. Just, he has horrible luck and, and also kind of a horrible feel of game flow, it seems like. So mm -hmm. it, it's the thing is, though, like the Chargers are good, and I would like to see Staley succeed. I think he is uh, – it just, it just feels like sometimes he's in over his head. It feels like he's in over his head a lot of times. Like his job is to be good on defense, to make smart analytical decisions, and to manage like the game in a functional way, and he doesn't do any of those things. That is a problem. Um, all right, Dom. This is excellent, man. Great work. Uh, is there anything, any, uh, any parting shots you want to take at, at, at Ryan Wilson before we get out of here or me? Yeah, Ryan Wilson's great. Denzel's doing good over there. Him and I talk, you know, pretty regularly almost a couple times a week. So he's, he's doing great. You know, thank I, you, Dom. Appreciate yeah, the support. Uh, we appreciate it, Dom. What, Dom, do you have any other fun serial killer facts? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, serial killer facts. Uh, well, the, the murder that he was ultimately put to death for, uh, came to light after he was put to death that it was impossible for him to have done it. He was oh, actually no. fed information uh, by a detective who was trying to close cases down there. Uh, he did kill at least 27 people, so he should have been put to death. Uh, but the one that he was actually convicted of the de death penalty for, it was impossible for him to have done it. Um, I don't know if that's a fun fact. That's a uh, morbid fact, I mean, but I like it. Is this, is, this guy, is this guy like pretty famous? I mean, to be like, I mean, can we, I mean, I you can look him up. His name is Eugene Stanos. Okay. He right, was born in New Jersey and killed in Delaware all the way on the Florida. He uh, picked up hitchhikers and prostitutes and strangled them and killed them. All right, Breach, you got your homework for the week, buddy. Uh, <laughs> dive on in on that. Dom, thank you for joining. This is a blast. Excellent work on your power rankings. Um, there is a at least a 50% chance that you will replace Pete Prisco in the next uh, three weeks as as the purveyor of the power rankings. I wouldn't be surprised by it at all. You're much, uh, much, much more intelligent and much less grouchy. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for coming on. For Ryan, for Brinson, for, I mean, for Ryan, for Breach, for Dom. I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later.